and the wooden vessel does not reflect the grain, so even though the volume that they measure is the same, still they have the difference in as much as one reflects and the other one does not reflect. Then this one says, the author says, okay, if you say that because one is a shining surface, namely brass, other one is not shining surface and that's what makes the difference between them, then we say that buddhi or the intellect is or the mind is shining or reflecting surface or reflecting medium. Whereas such objects as wall or table etc. are not reflecting medium and so they do not reflect consciousness, they condition consciousness all right, do not reflect consciousness. And therefore, only when consciousness is reflected in a medium such as buddhi or the mind, then alone we have what we call jiva or the transmigrating soul. So actually, when this body dies, then that mind, along with the sense organ, trans, trans sense organs, transmigrates from one body to the other, and it looks as though the reflected consciousness also goes along with that, and that's how we say that the jiva transmigrates from one body to the other. <coughs> and thus, thereby, the author shows the, that the prathivimbhavada, or the reflection model, is better than the avachedavada, or the conditioning model, in as much as it can explain the jivatvam, or that sense of uh, samsara, much better. Now we said the other day that there are three vadas or three models presented. One is called avacheda vada, conditioning, like the space conditioned by the part. Second is prathibimba vada, like the sun reflected in mirror, or my face reflected in the mirror. Third is called abhasa vada, reflection is, uh, prathibimba means reflection, abhasa means appearance. So reflection of my face and appearance of my face. So there is a slight technical difference between the two, but here the author is accepting what we call Pradivimba. Actually Panchadashi Kara, the author of Panchadashi is the one who expounds what is known as Abhasavada. Abhasa means appearance or false appearance. And there are others who propound what they call Pradivimbavada or the reflection. So for the moment this author is accepting that the Abhasavada and the Pratimimbavada, appearance and reflection are not really much different from each other and therefore giving up for the moment that technical difference between Pratimimba and Abhasa. Here the author proceeds to show how what we call Abhasa is nothing but is similar to Pratimimba, meaning the characteristics are very similar. Before the, in the introduction of verse 32, it says here, Pratibimba angikare chidabhasaha katham angikritasyat. So Purupakshi says that you are accepting what is known as Pratibimba or reflection. But by accepting the reflection, how your abhasavada or the vada or the model of appearance, how does it get accepted? Itiashankya Pratibimba abhasa shabdabhyam abhidayasya arthasya aikyat. Says the author that by the word Pratibimba and by the word Abhasa, what is really meant is one entity alone. Meaning that Abhasa or appearance is essentially same as Pratibimba or reflection. Because whatever are the characteristics of a reflection are also essentially the characteristics of appearance. Therefore Abhasa and Pratibimba are not really two very different things. Therefore when we accept the Pratibimbavada, we also accept the Abhasa. When the Pratibimba is accepted, 
avas are also essentially accepted. <coughs> this is being stated in the next two verses. The verse 32 says, Ishadbhanam Ishadbhasanam Abhasah Ishadbhasanam Abhasah Pratibimbastathavidah Pratibimbastathavidah Bimbalakshanahinasan Bimbalakshanahinasan Bimbavadbhasate Sahi Bimbavadbhasate Sahi Ishad bhasamanam abhasaha. What is abhasaha? Abhasaha means, so he explains here, Ishad bhasanam abhasaha. Bhasanam shining. Ishad bhasanam shining partially. So partial shining or partial appearance is called abhasaha. Not quite. For example, in the dream, we see various objects such as mountains, elephants and whatever. So they appear like the elephants and mountains, but they are not really mountains and elephants. So objects which are not there, but they appear to be as though they are real objects, this is called abhasa. Therefore, an elephant that you see in the dream is called appearance of elephant or abhasa of the elephant. Any object that you see in the dream is abhasa of that object because that object is not really there. And still it appears to be there. This is called abhasa. So ishadbhasanam, like an elephant appearing in the dream, is not quite the elephant, but then it, what you might say, it has certain characteristics of elephant, but then it is not elephant. You cannot say it is not elephant at all, but then it is not really elephant, but it is like an elephant. So appearance is like the object. Thus appearance of an elephant in a dream is like the, the uh, elephant, but not quite the elephant. Pratibhimbaha <coughs> tathavidaha And what we call pratibhimba or reflection also is like that. Uh, reflection is what? For example, my face reflected in the mirror. Is like the face, but not the face face that appears in the mirror is like the face but not the face. Just as an elephant that appears in the dream is like an elephant but not the elephant. So there is a likeness there. So where there, where that which enjoys a likeness but which is still different from the original thing is called avasa and prasimimba the reflection also has the same characteristics that a reflection also is like the image but not the image. So from this standpoint the abhasa and prasibhimba, appearance and reflection, have essentially the same characteristics. And therefore, when prasibhimba or reflection is accepted, abhasa also becomes accepted. Says the tikagara, prasibhimba se abhasatvam kasamityashankya. How do you say that prasibhimba or reflection is the same as abhasa or appearance? Ityashankya, abhasa lakshana yoga, that even Pratibhimba or the reflection also has the same lakshana or the same characteristic as an abhasa, as an appearance. This is what is said in the second line, Bimba lakshana hinasan bimbavad bhasate sahi. Bimba lakshana hinasan. What is the Pratibhimba or what is the reflection? Bimba lakshana hinasan. 
a reflection is one, is that which is devoid of the image, is devoid of the characteristics of the image and still appears like an image. Image is that which is reflected and reflection is the, the reflection. So image is called Bimba, reflection is called Pratibimba. My face is Bimba and its reflection in the mirror is Pratibimba. So Bimba Lakshanahinasan, that Pratibimba does not really possess the characteristics of a face. Yasmat Karanat Pratibimba Bimba Lakshanahitaha Bimba Vadavhasade even though it does not possess the characteristics of my of the face and still it appears to be face. That, and similarly also the abhasa is an appearance which is not quite the original object but which appears like an object. So appearing like the original, appearing like the real is a characteristic of a reflection as well as an appearance. In that sense we say that prasimimba and abhasa are not really two very different things. How Abhasa Lakshana Yogitvameva Spashtayadi The next verse shows how the Prasibhimba or the reflection also has the Lakshana or the characteristics of Abhasa or the appearance is said in the verse 33. Sasangatvavikarabhyam Sasangatvavikarabhyam Bimba Lakshana Hinata Bimba Lakshana Hinata Sphurti Rupatvametasya Sphurti Rupatvametasya Bimba Vadbhasanam Vidhu Bimba Vadbhasanam Vidhu For example, when you talk of appearance of the self and reflection of the self, Sangatva vikarabhyam bimba lakshanahinata. Like Atma, the Kutasit Asanga is unconnected. Nirvikara, free from modifications. Self or Kutasa is changeless, is unconnected. Whereas what we call the reflection in the, in the mind or reflection in the intellect is Sasangam, meaning is connected to the, the, the intellect and therefore it is attached or connected. So reflection is connected, the image is unconnected, reflection is connected. The image, the self is changeless, the reflected consciousness is changing all the time. As the thought changes, the reflection conscious, reflected consciousness also changes. The thought arises, the reflected consciousness appears to arise. The thought subsides, the reflected consciousness also appears to subside. So what we call the reflection is constantly subject to change or modification. Whereas what is reflected, the kutasta or the changeless consciousness is free from any change or modification. And also that kutasta, the self, is asanga, is unconnected. Unconnected to the body, unconnected to the mind, un- asanga or unconnected to anything. Whereas what we call the reflected consciousness is connected with the buddhi and therefore connected with the body. So it is what? Sasanga. Sasanga means that which is connected. Vikari meaning that we subject to modification. Therefore, what we call reflection does not have the characteristic of image. Image, in this case, the kutas of the changeless consciousness is changeless, unconnected. While the reflected consciousness is changing and connected. And therefore, 
what we call reflection does not have the characteristic of image and still there is an appearance. So, that bimba which is kutastavi asanga and avikari, so asanga avikari chaitanya lakshana hinatvam, then sphurti rupatvam, sphurana rupatvam, bimba vadavasana mityartha. So even though it is not possessed of the characteristic of the image, it appears like an image. This is a very interesting thing and a very nice thing to understand. How a thing which appears really does not possess the characteristic of a real thing and still creates the appearance of a real thing. This is called avasa. Like the dream objects, they do not possess the characteristic of the real objects. Because the lottery that you won in the dream certainly cannot be utilized when you wake up. Or whatever things you had in the dream are not available in the waking state because they really weren't real objects. But in the dream they appear to be real. So that which is not there but appears to be real. That which does not possess the characteristic of the real but which appears to be real is called abhas or appearance and so also is reflection. Because my face appears to be, the reflection appears like a face. But it doesn't possess the characteristic of a face. If you want to wash your face, you can't wash that reflection. You want to do something with your face, that it, you know, doing something with the reflection won't help. And therefore, even though the reflection appears like the face, it does not possess the reality of a face, does not possess the characteristic of a face. And this is the abhasa, chidabhasa, the reflected consciousness, appears shining like real, like the self, but it does not have the characteristics of self. What is the self? Self is kutastha, changeless. Asanga, it is unconnected. What is chidabhasa, reflected consciousness? Constantly changing, also connected. So not, while not possessing the characteristic of the real, real consciousness or real self, it appears to be a self, it, it appears like the self. That is why it is called prasibhimba, reflection, and therefore also it can be called avasa or appearance. Hetu lakshana rahitaha, hetu vat avabhasamanaha, hetu avabhasa, hetu vatityartaha. In logic, there is a term called hetu avabhasa. Hitvabhasa means fallacious logic. Appears to be logic, but not logic. <coughs> the logic is yatra yatra dhumaha tatra tatra vanni. There is vyapti. Wherever fire, wherever smoke is, there must be fire. Wherever smoke is, there must be fire. This is vyapti. This is the, the rule. Somebody may say, wherever fire is, there must be smoke. Suppose you say that. You say that the hillock is fiery because there is smoke. But somebody may say that hillock is, hillock is smoky because there is fire. Meaning wherever there is fire, there must be smoke. Then this is not really a... This appears to be logical, but it is not right. Because you have a red-hot iron ball where the heat is there, but the fire is there, but the smoke is not there. So there is no rule that where the fire is, the smoke must be. There is a rule that wherever smoke is, fire must be. There is no rule that where the fire is, the smoke must be. So, the argument is that because there is smoke there, there must be fire. Somebody may say, because there is fire, there must be smoke. The answer is that it is not so. 
So the second appears to be reason, but is not reason. Appears to be a logical argument, but is not logical. So this is called Hetu Abhasa, appearance of Hetu, appearance of logic or fallacious logic. So similarly a thing which appears to be real, but does not possess the characteristic of reality is called appearance and reflection also has essentially the same characteristic. Therefore we say that a Pratibhimba and Abhasa are not two very different things. Endeavor, in short the argument in these verses is that uh, this model that we have of Abhasa or appearance is a model that explains the phenomenon of transmigrating soul better than the model of Avacheda or the model of conditioning. <coughs> so, all these arguments arose because somebody said, why, don't, why do you need Chidabhasa? Why do you need what we call the reflected consciousness when our experiences and transmigration can be explained merely by the acceptance of the kutas or the changeless awareness? What is the need on your part to accept Abhasa or appearance of awareness? Then the author showed that Chidabhasa has to be accepted because then alone we can explain the phenomenon of transmigration, etc. Itham in this manner, Chidabhasa In these arguments, the author has refuted the argument that the Chidabhasa is not required. That argument has been refuted to show that Chidabhasa or the reflect the the reflected consciousness or appearance of consciousness is required. Idanim tasya buddhehe prasak sattvam sadhaidam purapakshamaha So you can have to see how the author slowly proceeds. The purpose of the whole discussion is in order for us to be able to discriminate between the self and the non-self. And there is no difficulty in discriminating between self and non-self when the non-self is known as non-self. Like this wall doesn't appear to be Atma or the Self, so we have no difficulty in, in knowing it to be non-Self. This table also is inert, is different from the Self. It doesn't possess any characteristic of the Self, doesn't appear to be a Self. And therefore, I have no difficulty in knowing that the table is not myself. But this body appears to be Self. Body, even though it is not the Self, appears to be the Self and that is where this, this error is committed. Similarly also my mind is not the self, but it appears to be self. Or more than that, that consciousness reflected in the mind is not the self. It is only an appearance of the self. But since it appears like the self, we take it to be the self. What is the ground for everyone committing the error of taking oneself to be a limited being? Because Chidavasa or that the consciousness reflected in the mind, it appears to be self, and therefore we commit the error of taking it to be the self. Understand? Therefore we must clearly understand Chidabhasa as Chidabhasa and understand Kutastha as Kutastha. Kutastha, as we said, is a changeless witness self. Chidabhasa is changing self reflected in the buddhi or associated with the buddhi. And if you can distinguish between them, then we shall know that what is reflected, this ego is reflected consciousness. It is changing, it is connected, and therefore it is transmigrating, therefore it is not my real self. Who am I? I am the Kutastha, changeless, witness, self. 
to enable us to do this discrimination between the self and the non-self. Because the non-self, namely Chidavasa, even though he is not the self, it appears like the self. If it did not appear like the self, this, this would not have been necessary. But the mind, because it is a medium, which is transparent, therefore which is shining, therefore it naturally reflects the kutastha of the awareness, and therefore we commit the error of taking that ego, the reflected consciousness, to be the self, and that is called samsara. So this chapter is devoted to enabling us to be able to discriminate between the kutastha and chidavasa, between the self and the reflected self. <clears throat> now somebody makes an argument that why do you think that there is a chidavasa or the reflected consciousness? We say that all there is is buddhi or the mind, there is no reflected consciousness, mind alone is. Idanim tasya buddhehe prasak sattvam sadhaidam purupakshamaha. Purupakshi says that there is no chidavasa, there is no reflected consciousness, there is only mind, there is only buddhi. Where did you arrive at or where did you get this reflected idea of reflected consciousness? This question is asked in the verse 34 and the author proceeds to answer there. <coughs> नहीं धी भाव भावित्वात आवासह अस्ति ध्यक्ष प्रसक्य न तो पुरुवक्षी सेज आवासह ध्यक्ष प्रसक्य प्रसक्य न अस्ति व्हाट यू कॉल आवासा चिदावासा इज नॉट ऑल द रिफ्लेक्टेड कॉन्शियसनेस इज नॉट रियली डिफरेंट फ्रॉम बुद्धि नॉट रियली डिफरेंट फ्रॉम माइंड व्हाई बिकॉज़ धी भाव भावित्वात ओनली व्हेन द माइंड इज then the reflected consciousness is. When the mind is not, the reflected consciousness is not. Only when the mind is, the ego is. When the mind is not, the ego is not. So they say that the ego is not different from the mind, or the reflected consciousness is not different from the mind. Because can you separate them? If you say that the mind is different from the reflected consciousness, then you should be able to see them separately. Like that iron and fire, in the fireball, the iron and fire are are, are, see, fire pervades iron so completely that you cannot see them separately. But then, only when you see the iron as iron and fire as fire, then you know that iron and fire are separate. But suppose iron and fire can never be separately seen, then how do you know that there are two entities there? Why I would say there is only one entity? What is in front of me is a fireball. And to the uninitiated who doesn't know that there is iron and iron and fire are two different principles, two different substances or ent entities, and that because of that mutual identification that there appears to be only one entity in every fireball. Similarly also what we call chidavas or the reflected consciousness is also like the iron, the fireball, that there are two entities, one is a buddhi, which is inert, and one is a reflected consciousness, which is conscious. And therefore we have a consciously appearing entity, which is what we call chidavasa, reflected consciousness. 
Urupakshi says that we say that it is one entity alone, namely mind, and there is no consciousness there. There is no reflected consciousness separate from the mind. This is the argument. Because only when the mind is, that the reflected consciousness appears to be there. When the mind is not, the reflected consciousness is not. And so we say that there is no chidabhasa separate from buddhi. If this is what you have to say, the author says, Alpamevoktam, I say that you can say even more than that. You have not said enough. Dhirapyevam swadehataha. How do you even say that there is a mind that is separate from the body? If the criterion for you to accept the separation of the entities is that you should be able to physically separate them, then you cannot even physically separate the mind from the body and therefore you will not even be able to accept that there is a mind separate from the body. If you say that you cannot accept the chidavasa or the reflected consciousness separate from the buddhi, then you will have to also say that even buddhi also cannot be accepted as an entity separate from the body because buddhi or the mind and the body also cannot be separated. So if being, separate, if being separated is a criterion for accepting two separate entities, then you cannot even separate the mind from the body and therefore you will have to accept that even mind also is not separate from the body. In fact, this argument has always remained. Whether there is an entity which is like called a mind which is separate from the body or there is only one composite entity called the body and the mind. Is there a mind? The scientists will not accept it because they cannot measure it. A thought cannot be measured, thought cannot be seen, thought cannot be recorded. What can be recorded are all the various, uh, various responses of the nervous system in the body so that they will accept. What can be recorded and observed are the various modifications going on the brain and the kind of phenomena that are initiated from there, so all those things can be accepted. But where is this mind? <clears throat> where does it remain? And where do you record it? So, it is quite possible that someone may not even accept mind as an entity separate from the body. So here is, of course, the Purupakshi says that we do not accept this Chidabhasa or the reflected consciousness as separate from the mind because if we cannot see this reflected consciousness separately. Only when the mind is, that is reflected consciousness is. When the mind is not, then the reflected consciousness is not. Therefore, how do you say that there is Chidabhasa or the reflected consciousness separate from the mind? Second line also has a separate reading there. Just as the part is only when the clay is, and the part cannot be when the clay is not, therefore we say that a part is not separate from the clay. A part is only when the clay is. That's Anvaya. The part is not when the clay is not, called Vyatireka. So why this method of Anvaya and Vyatireka? Agreement and disagreement, we say that a part is not separate from the clay. Similarly also the Chidabhasa is only as long as the Buddhi is. And Chidabhasa is not when the Buddhi is not. Therefore, Purupakshi says that we cannot say that the Chidabhasa is separate from the Buddhi. <coughs> if this is so, Nanu, Evam Tarhi, Deha Dhiyapi, Nasidhi. If this is what you have to say, 
then a buddhi separate from the body also cannot be, separate from the gross body also cannot be proven because only when the body is that you come to know of the mind. And when the body is not, even the mind also is not, we don't experience a mind separate from the body. The experience of the mind is only when the body is. Therefore, you will not even be able to accept a mind separate from the body. <coughs> this is called pratibandhi. Sometimes you reply a question with a question. Or some plan, some, you know, so he, he raised a question. How do we accept a chidabhada separate from buddhi? Then we tell him, if you can accept a buddhi separate from the body, can you accept it? If you don't accept it, you cannot accept other one also. So the Purvapakshina shows that no, no, buddhi is separate from the gross body. Pratibandhi mochanam shankade. Then the Purvapakshina says, no, no, the buddhi is known to be separate from the body. But Chidabhasa is not known to be separate from the buddhi. So, says verse 35, Dehe mrtevi buddhisched, Dehe mrtevi buddhisched, Shastra dastita thasati, Shastra dastita thasati, Buddheranyas chidabhasaha, Buddheranyas chidabhasaha, Pravesha shruti shushrutaha, Pravesha shruti shushrutaha. Then the Purupakshi says, Dehe mrutevi buddhische. It says, no, no. When the body dies, then also the mind remains. He says that, no, no, the mind of the buddhi is indeed separate from the body. Why do we say that? Because even when the body dies, the mind remains. Did you see the mind? How do you say that the mind remains when the body dies? Shastra dapi. Because the shastra of the scripture says, we cannot perceive a mind separate from the body. And even when the, when the body dies, you can't even say that the mind has survived after the death of the body. But we still accept, the Puru Bhakshi says, we accept that there is a mind separate from the body. Because the Shastra, the scripture says, Upanishad says that there is a mind which transmigrates from one body to the other. And therefore, there is an entity called the mind separate from the body. This is what we accept from the Shastra. He becomes endowed with the mind, he becomes endowed with the intellect. Bhavadarnika Upanishad says that he, Atma or the self, becomes endowed with the intellect. When the self transmigrates from one gross body to another one, so when he departs from this gross body, that time he becomes endowed with the intellect or endowed with the mind, so the Upanishad says. Therefore the Purupakshi says that we accept the entity called the mind as separate from the gross body because the body is dead and the self becomes endowed with the subtle body or the mind and then transmigrates. So on the strength of the scriptural statement, we do accept the existence of mind separate from the gross body. <coughs> Then the Puru Bhakshi says, then the author says, the Siddhanti says, that if on the strength of the scripture you accept the existence of buddhi as separate from the body, then on the strength of the scripture you will also have to accept what we call chidavasa or the reflected consciousness also. Tathasati buddhe anya chidavasa 
प्रवेश श्रुति सुश्रुत ननु श्रुति बलाहतिरिक्ता बुद्धि अभ्युगम्यत चेत तरी प्रवेश श्रुति बुद्धि व्यतिरिक्त चिदावासो भी अभ्युपेय All right, if on the strength of the scriptures of the Upanishad, you accept the buddhi of the mind separate from the gross body, then on the strength of the same Upanishad, you would accept also the existence of Chidabhasa or reflected consciousness as separate from the buddhi. There in the, we have in the Upanishads what is known as Pravesha Shruti. Pravesha means entry. What is Pravesha Shruti? That which describes the entry of the self into this upadhi, into this body-mind complex. So, several Upanishads talk about this. Taitriya Upanishad says, Tat Srishtva Tadevanu Pravishata. So, Taitriya Upanishad says that the self of the Lord created all this world, created all this upadhi, body-mind, etc. Tadevanu Pravishata. And then he entered them. He entered this body or he entered this, the body-mind complex. This is called entry or the Pravesha Shruti, a statement of the Upanishad describing the entry of the Atma or entry of the Self into the body. <coughs> Aitare Upanishad also describes. Chandogya Upanishad also talks about that. Anena Jivena Atmananu Pravishya Namarupe Vyakarvaniti The sixth chapter of Chandogya Upanishad Describe this. Anena jivena atmana anupravishya namarupe vyakarvani. That devata called Sat or Brahma deliberated. First of all, Sadeva Somya, all there was in the beginning of the creation was Sat or Brahma. So the Ikshada, that Brahman deliberated. Bahusyam, may I become many. Then from that was created what is known as Agni Tejah or the fire. Then the deity, Brahman, which became fire, then further deliberated. May I become many? And then it became what we call water. So the deity that is Brahman, which became fire, which further became water, then further deliberated. May I become many? And then it became earth. Thus these three elements were created. Then the Brahman again deliberated. May enter into these three elements as their self. Anena jivena atmana anupravishya namarupe vyakarvani may enter these three elements as their very self and then manifest myself in, as names and forms. So Brahman or the Atma as though entered those three elements as the very self and then manifested itself in the form of these various names and forms. Thereby meaning that these names and forms, meaning the gross and the subtle body, which are made up of three elements or five elements, Brahman identified with them, and thus in identification with each individual upadhi of the name and form, it alone appears as functioning as a jiva or the individual self. So this is how Upanishad explains the duality which we experience in our life. That we experience many selves. We experience the souls are many. That I am a soul or a self, and then all living beings are also different souls. On one hand, Upanishad says that Atma or the self is one. On the other hand, our experience seems to show that Atma or the self are many. So 
So how do you explain this manyness of the self which appears to be there, whereas still expounding the oneness of the self? So this manyness or multiplicity of the self is explained by the Upanishad in this manner, that the self or Lord created all these bodies at the beginning of the creation and then entered in them. How do you enter? Like many parts are created and the space enters the part. How can the space enter the part? Because part cannot be created unless space is. Before the part create, was created, the space was. So there is no question of the space entering the part because there is no place where the space is not, which has, it has not entered. And still if you say that the space entered the part, it only means that the space identified itself with the part and then assumed the concept or this notion that I am a part space. So space identifying with a part and proclaiming itself with a part space is called the pravesha or the entry of the space into the part. This entry is not really a physical phenomenon. Atma or the self cannot enter anywhere because Atma means there the one who is all-pervasive. So one who is all-pervasive cannot enter anywhere because he is ever there. Somebody just showed me the argument, I mean showed the cartoon which is there on the uh, office uh, notice board there, you know, on the uh, display board. When a child is asking the mother, so before God created the world, where was he standing or something like that, you know. So, if you say that the God created the world and God is outside the world, then this question will arise. There is no question of God standing any place because God alone is. And God is very much before the world is created and God very much is after the world is created. God is the one who pervades the whole world and the world is within God. There was no question of God being where when the world was not. The question is where was world? That is the question. So even when Upanishad says that having created the world, God entered the world, it cannot be taken in a literal sense because one can enter only where one is not. Like Devadatta entering the house, if Devadatta is not already in the house, he can enter the house. So the entry in a primary sense is applicable only when one is not at a given place and then alone one can enter. And therefore the entry in a primary sense cannot be applicable to Atma who is already there everywhere. Then why does Upanishad say that Atma entered this body? To only show that he got identified with the body. Entry really means identification. Proclaim the body to be the self, that is called entry into the self, entry into the body. And thus is evolved what or created an entity called Jiva or the limited soul or the limited individual. To explain this phenomenon of the sense of limitation or individuality and explain our experience of the many souls, the Upanishad beautifully uh, talks about what we call pravesha or entry. <coughs> so Lord enters, Atma enters. What does it enter? He enters this complex of the body and the mind which is already created and then he enters, as though, meaning, he gets identified with them. That identification alone is called reflection. When we say chidabhasa, or the self identified in the mind, is nothing identified with the mind, 
is explained as the self reflected in the mind. So being reflected, being conditioned, being identified, being superimposed, all of these really amount to the same thing. So pravesha or entry also means identification. Nanu shruti balad dehatrikta buddhi abhivagamyadechet if on the strength of the statement of the Shruti, you want to accept a buddhi which is separate from the body, tarhi pravesha shruti palat buddhi vyatirikta rektirikta chidavasopi abhipeha. Then on the strength of the Shruti, you will also to accept a chidavasa or a consciousness separate from the buddhi. Tathasati, tathasati. This is the case, then buddhi anya chidavasaha pravesha shruti shushrutaha. Then we see in the Pravesha Shruti or the state, statement of the Upanishad talking about the entry of the self, we say that the self separated from the buddhi entered the body and got identified with the body and the buddhi. <coughs> then a question arises here. Nanu buddhi padikasseva pravesha. body. Only the self in association with buddhi or the mind alone can enter the body. Self by himself, pure, cannot enter the body. So when the Upanishad talks about, now, see, another thing, nice thing done by this text, Vanchalashi, and similar treatises is that many statements of the Upanishad which create doubts which are not clear or which are subject to different interpretations or which create doubts in our mind, those statements are also analyzed here to clearly give the meaning of those statements. So here the author, by way of this discussion with the Purupakshi, clarifies for us what should be the meaning of Pravesha Shruti or what should be the meaning of the statement of the Shruti talking about Pravesha or entry of the Atma. <coughs> so Purupakshi says, Nanu, that it is not the pure self that Upanishad means that entered. When the Upanishad says that the self entered the body, the Upanishad does not mean the pure self that entered the body. Upanishad only means that it is a self in association with the buddhi that entered the body. Because buddhi can enter the body. So self reflected in the buddhi entered the body or associated with the buddhi entered the body. Buddhi upadikasya, self and buddhi is upadi, that entered the body. Naitarasya, but pure self is not what is meant by Upanishad. This is what Purupakshi says. And that Shanka is given here, and the answer says the verse 36. Dhi yuktasya praveshaschet, dhi yuktasya praveshaschet. Naitare yadhiyaf prasaka, naitare yadhiyaf prasaka, atma pravesham sankalpya, atma pravesham sankalpya, pravishta iti giyate, pravishta iti giyate.
ಬುದ್ಧಿಯಲ್ಲಿ that deliberated that's the idea there that the self deliberated may i enter this body and therefore it was not the one with the buddhi it was the one without the buddhi or meaning the pure self that deliberated and then entered the body the idea is that it is self that entered the body and therefore he separated from the buddhi and therefore we have to thus accept a chidabhasa of the reflected consciousness separate from the buddhi that's the idea ಐತರೇಯಶ್ರುತೌಬುಧ್ಯತಿರಿಕ್ತಸ್ಯಪ್ರವೇಶಣಾತ್ಮಾ ಸಾಕ್ಷಮೂರ್ಧಸೀಮಾಂಸರತ್ಯಂಸರತ್ಯಂ ಕಥನ್ನುಸಾಕ್ಷಿಯಾಕ್ಷಿಯಾಕ್ಷಿಯಾಕ್ಷಿಯಾಕ್ಷಿಯಾಕ್ಷಿಯಾಕ್ಷ
Then all these cosmic body and all these devatas were all thrown into the ocean of samsara and endowed with anger and thirst. So devatas say that now we are hungry and thirsty and therefore we need a place remaining where we can appease our hunger and thirst. Then Lord created different bodies. First created the body of a cow and then showed it to the devatas. said, all right, here is a body, enter there. He says, no, no, this is not adequate for us. Then created a body of a horse and said, all right, here is the body, enter there. The devata says, no, no, that also is not adequate. Like this, perhaps the whole process of evolution must have gone. Finally, Lord created the human body and said to the devatas, now enter this. Devatas are very happy, this is really well done. And thus they all entered. So devatas, that is how the fire becoming the speech entered the mouth. The sun, becoming the faculty of seeing, entered the eyes. The, the quarters, becoming the faculty of hearing, enter the ears. Thus the entry of the different devatas in this human body is shown. And that is how all these devatas of presiding deities were given their appropriate place, remaining where they can experience their respective objects and thus appease their hunger. But then you require food. So then the food was created. So he created a lump and that food was created. As the food saw this, this man with all the devatas and entered there, the food tried to run away, knowing fully well that it will be caught and, and destroyed or killed and therefore the food as it was created tried to run away. Then this first human being tried to catch the food with the speech and could not catch it. If he had caught the food of the speech and consumed it, then merely by utterance of our food, we would have been hung, our hunger would have been appeased. But that did not happen. Then he tried to catch the food with the faculty of smell and he could not catch it. If he could catch there, then merely by smelling the food, our hunger would have been appeased. Then he tried to catch the food with the faculty of seeing, but he could not catch it. Thus all the faculties, I don't know how these indriyas developed for consuming the food. Finally, Upanishad says that he tried to consume the food what we call apana vayu. I mean the vayu that goes in, which swallows, and with that he was able to catch the food and swallow it. That's the reason why today also we are able to eat the, the first, the primordial man was able to catch the food with the help of apana vayu and swallow it and consume it. Therefore, today also we are able to only consume food with the help of our apana vayu. That's how food was created. Everything is ready. The body is ready, the sense organs are there, the faculties are there, presiding deities are there, food is there, whole thing is ready. Then Atma having created all these things, kasanno idam madrite He says, how can all this remain without me? Kasanno idam madrite How can all of this function without me? What's the purpose of all this creation without me? <coughs> says, Kathanno idam sakshadeham madradesyadadhiranat Em paramatma sakshadeham saikshata kathanno idam madradesyadadhiranat Sakshadeham akshanaicha dehascha akshadehaha Taihisa vartati sakshadeham idam jadajadam madradeshetanam maam vihaya kathanno syad he says, all of this is jada or inert. The body is inert, 
the faculties are inert, the food is inert, everything is inert. And therefore, this inert physio-physico-psycho complex that has been created, kathannu madhurde sayar, how can it function without me? What purpose will it serve without me? Or what's the use of it without me? Thus thinking, because the sense organs, they may wish to uh, experience their corresponding sense objects, but for whom? The eyes, the ears, all the sense organs gain constantly the experience of different sense objects, not for their own sake, for the sake of what? The self, the enjoyer. So if I, the enjoyer, is not inside there, what will these faculties do? What these various uh, organs of perception and action do? Their actions and their functions will have no initiative or no, uh, no reason to be there at all. And secondly also he thought that if I am not in there, how will anyone come to know me? And that is how thinking thus, in, in short, in order to give a fulfillment to the whole creation. The whole creation, the body, mind, everything will be fulfilled only when I enter this body. And thus thinking, he entered this body, meaning and identified this body-mind complex and started functioning as a jiva. This is called the pravesha, the entry. It is said there that here is this place in the crown which is the meeting point of this of the skull, you know, of the three the three parts of the skull they meet here and here is supposed to be a soft portion. That is where the brahmacharis also keep their shikha, the choti. So, and this is also supposed to be a door, a gate here, entrance. It can be easily pierced or punctured. And they said also that the yogis always focus their attention here, Brahmarandra. And they gain such an amount of self-control or control over their own faculties that they can even decide to die or depart, you know, the, that they can depart from this body, this prana, the vital energy of the life, you can depart from this body through this aperture here. So this is supposed to be the most exalted aperture in the body. And if a yogi dies, and if you see, they also observe that when, the, when a person dies, which is the gate through which the prana departs? Prana, the life breath, departs from where? Sometimes you find eyes are open, that means it departs from there. Mouth opens, it has departed from there. So, if it departs from the upper opening, then it's supposed to be an auspicious death. But if the prana departs from this opening here, in the crown of the head, it is a most auspicious death. And that is that, that jiva will go to know what is known as Brahmaloka. This is how the Shastra describes. Anyway, the idea is that this opening in the crown is supposed to be the most auspicious opening. And therefore, this Atma who wanted to enter this Upadi, in order to give meaning to the Upadi, in order to give life to the Upadi, in order to give really purpose to the whole thing, he opened this aperture here in the crown of the head and entered. This is how the description is. It's like a cock and bull story, you know, how can Atma enter and stuff like that. But then, the eye, in order to describe in order to explain our what we call an experience, our experience of how I find myself, that Atma or the Self is confined to the body. To explain that experience of confinement within the body, to explain the experience of the sense of limitation or multiplicity, is this whole description. 
इदम जड़जातम मदृते चेतनम माम विहाय कथनु दिस जड़ा दिस होल इनर्ट कॉम्प्लेक्स विदाउट आई द सेल्फ सेज विदाउट आई हु इज द कॉन्शियस प्रिंसिपल द कॉन्शियसनेस विदाउट मी व्हाट विल इट डू इट कैन नॉट सर्वाइव इट विल नो पर्पस टू सर्व एट ऑल न कथम भी निर्वहेत विदाउट मी इट कैन नॉट बी सस्टेन विदाउट मी इट वोंट बी एबल टू एवर रिमेन वोंट बी एबल टू कंटिन्यू अ सर्वाइव इति विचार्य मूद सीमानम कपालत्रे मध्य देशम विदार्य स्प्लिटिंग ओपन दिस दिस ओपनिंग द क्राउन कपालत्रे मध्य देशम दिस थ्री कपालास अपेरेंटली द थ्री स्कल्स यू नो दिस अ मीटिंग पॉइंट एंड पियर्सिंग दैट और ब्रेकिंग इट ओपन दैट मीन दिस मीन दैट ही एक्चुअली एंटर्ड इन द फिजिकल सेंस स्वसन्निधि मात्रेण भित्वा बाय हिज मियर प्रेजेंस splitting open this opening pravishtah san having entered samsarati vidarya murda simanam pravishtah samsaratyam thus having entered after opening this this hole in the crown the aperture in the crown he entered this body samsarati now he alone is doing some, he is transmigrating samsar jagradadikam anubhavati is atma the self is constantly going constantly in motion even when we are alive the self is as though constantly in motion how so waking to the dream dream to the deep sleep deep sleep to the waking thus the self is constantly in motion from one state to another from one experience to another from one frame of mind to another the self is constantly moving const- that is called samsara and it ultimately moves from one body to the other from one birth to the other this is called samsara samsarati asmanati samsara that in which the self constantly moves from time to time place to place state to state state of experience from the state of experience who does all this that same self same limitless kutastha changeless self alone is at the moment undergoing the experience of waking dream deep sleep happiness and happiness whatever in order to explain the experiences that we have today the upanishad describes all that in a in a story form which <coughs> known as pravesha shruti in short the point that is being made here is that that is a self which is separate from the buddhi and who the samsara belongs where samsara belongs to the buddhi it belongs to the mind it belongs to the uh, the body i mean you know but limits and limitations belong there they do not belong to the self thus in order to be able to discriminate between them this pravesha or the entry is being described by the upanishads okay om purnamad ಪೂರ್ಣಮದಪೂರ್ಣಮದಾಯಪೂರ್ಣಮೇವಶ್ಯಂಕರಾಚಾರ್ಯಂಕೇಶವಂಬಾದರಾಯಣಸೂತ್
व्योमेहाय दक्षिणमूर्त नम ओं शाति 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 हरि ओं श्री गुरुभ्यो नम हरि ओम